0: Salutations, podcast listeners. I'm Lynn Hickernell, podcast producer and board member at Kids Listen, a nonprofit organization advocating for great children's podcasts. Because summer is a great time to try out new things, we thought you might enjoy trying out a selection of different Kids Listen member podcasts. This episode features small tastes of shows to pique your curiosity, stretch your imagination, tickle your funny bone, and help you find calm. Enjoy this 2023
1: Kids Listen Summer Sampler. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Do you ever wonder what would happen if Cinderella started her own rock band or if Medusa realized just how cool her hair was? Girl Tales takes classic stories and puts a unique twist on them, giving girls the chance to save the day, use their intelligence and bravery, and show that they can be the heroes of their own stories. So, if you're ready for an adventure, find Girl Tales wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a sample of one of our stories, Reimagining Robin Hood. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. A traveling renaissance fair came to Freshwater, and I was so excited. There were acrobats and jugglers fire breathers and knights riding horses, music and dancing in beautiful creative costumes, a royal parade, and my personal favorite, The Wandering Storyteller. A beautifully hand-painted sign hung on the outside of her caravan. It read, Fireside Stories at Sundown, The Many Adventures of Young Robin Hood. The wandering storyteller waited until the sun had slipped away below the peaks of the tall pine trees to the west. She stood beside a crackling campfire, the flames dancing joyfully in the growing darkness, and greeted us.
2: Come, my friends, join me, please. Who's feeling brave? A front row seat. The time has come to part the eaves and share a tale of daring deeds.
1: Once we had gathered in a crowd abuzz with excitement and curiosity, the wandering storyteller began to weave her tale. One of the
2: joys of being a human is sharing our stories, which also illuminate values and morals that help us make choices, How do we choose to use the power of our voices? We begin our tale with the greedy King John, who is new to the throne, hasn't sat on it long. His big bro, King Richard, left Johnny the crown, rode off toward adventure. No one's seen him around. While King Richard was smart, good with people, and fair, King John thought that he deserved more than his share. Picture the new king up early at dawn. He speaks to Nottingham, his crooked sheriff, alone. More gold, more coins, more goods. My royal bank vault must be filled to the rafters by the next full moon. My king, I have a solution. Pass a new law, a royal tax. Calling it tax is a wise thing to do. When you make the laws, make them work best for you. Tax means we take part of each thing that they earn. They'll be left with mere scraps, but that's not our concern. The sheriff to the king did bow and then let slip a wicked laugh. And every home throughout the land was forced to gather and forfeit half their money clothing, toys, and food. The people cried, you can't intrude and steal the clothes right off our backs, said Nottingham. I'm the sheriff. I'm in power. Pay the royal tax. If any one of you dares to disobey, I'll lock you up and throw the keys away. Feelings of fear spread like a sinking fog across the kingdom. The townsfolk whispered worries to one another. There There won't won't be enough enough food. We have no money money to buy buy wool for warm clothing or or boots. Our
3: children's children's toes will be freezing when when winter comes comes again? again.
2: However, piercing through the grim veil of fear and darkness, there was a shining ray of hope. Stories were spreading, from fireplaces to farmers' fields, that someone had bravely stood up to the sheriff and refused to pay the new royal tax. Someone had rallied a group of young, talented townsfolk and called them to a life of virtuous, ethical banditry in Sherwood Forest. The group had named itself the Happy Hoodlums and was determined. To steal back everything the king and the sheriff just done. It's the book club for kids. It's a book club, kids. It's the book
4: club for kids. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids
1: podcast. Hi, I'm Kitty Feldy. We all need a little humor in our life, and this week's book is just what the doctor ordered. It's Cody and the Mysteries of the Universe by Tricia Springstub. Cody is a bit of a busybody, and our readers at Randall Elementary School in Washington, D.C. think they know why.
4: I would say people act like this because like, they just need to be involved in something. Like, like they don't really have that much going on for them right now, so they might want to stick their nose in somebody else's business so they can just be a
1: part of something. But Cody has a good heart. I came to introduce my best friend, Spencer. He's really smart, Cody said. He takes forever to make up his mind, but it's worth it. That's our celebrity reader, actress Peggy Miley. Our writer, Trisha Springstubb says she's nothing like Cody. I'm a real, like, scaredy cat. I don't like scary movies. I never go on roller coasters. This is the Book Club for Kids, the show where kids talk about books. We'll tell you how you can be on the show a little later on, but first, let's meet our readers.
4: Hello, my name is Amina. Hello, my name is Dominique. Hello, my name is Carter. And we're all in fifth grade, and we're from Randall Highlands Elementary School in Washington, D.C. The name of the book is Cody and the Mystery of the Universe. This book is about a girl named Cody and her best friend Spencer going through school and like getting bullied and how their friendship was at stake. But they somehow found a way to fix it. In the beginning, they were talking about more about the characters, like Spencer. He liked to play violin, and Cody loved listening to his music. And in like the second part of the book, it was more about how their relationship was at stake, and Pearl like got in the way, which is Cody's best friend from school. And then at the end. There was these two girls named Maxie and Molly. They were like the bullies of the school.
1: Let's talk about Cody. Cody is an odd character. She
4: really wants to guide Spencer throughout his life because he's a new student at his school, and she doesn't think that he'll be able to do things on his own, but but she comes to a realization when Spencer is doing just fine by himself. What kind of person is Cody? How would you describe her? I think that she is brave and she's very motherlike because she wants to guide Spencer. I would say Cody is very outgoing and straightforward. What gets her in trouble? I would say she doesn't really know how to control herself in situations so so she kind of bursts out, which gets her into a lot of trouble. What gets her into trouble is like when she gets into something that doesn't involve her and sometimes that gets her in trouble. When she's minding other people's business. She doesn't really have business of her own, so she just wants to be a part of everybody else's business. Why do we think people act like this sometimes? Uh. Because they have nothing to do, so they just want to ruin stuff for other people. Some people, they just, like, if their day is not going good, they try to make somebody else feel down for what they do. Um, I would say people act like this because they just need to be involved in something, like... Like, they don't really have that much going on for them right now, so they might want to stick their nose in somebody else's business so they can just be a part of something.
1: Would you guys like to ask our writer, Trisha Springstab, a few questions?
5: Why do
4: kids bully other kids? Why does my friend lie to me? What do you do if your friends say you're bossy? How can I make a best friend?
2: Friendships can be complicated. I'm psychologist and author, Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore, host of the Kids Ask Dr. Friendtastic podcast. Each weekly five-minute episode features a question from a kid about friendship, plus a practical and thought-provoking answer. Tune in to learn how you can build strong and caring friendships. Kids Ask Dr. Friendtastic is available wherever you get podcasts. Have you ever been in
4: a relationship like Cody and Spencer's?
1: That's, that's a really interesting question. Um, Cynthia Moss. And she used to have comic books. And my mother never bought, we were not allowed to buy comic books, so I would go over to Cynthia's house and read all the comic books. <laughs> when you were little, did you ever get
4: bullied before by someone and it made you want
1: to write this book? I am very fortunate uh, I have rarely rarely experienced bullying and never anything more teasing than bullying I've never um I've never been afraid of other kids the way Cody and Spencer are scared of the means even though the means turn out to be not too threatening after all but I have seen it plenty of times in children my own children's friends and in schools that I visit and It is a real issue, and uh, it's a heartbreaking one. And that's just a taste of the Book Club for Kids podcast. We hope you'll tune in.
6: Hello, I'm Noah, and this is Like You, a mindfulness podcast for kids. I'm glad you're here. Today we'll use mindfulness and imagination to practice magic. Find a place to listen where you feel comfortable and safe. You're not only a listener, but a thinker, a speaker, and an important part of this podcast. So I hope you'll answer questions aloud and participate in our activities. Of course, if you'd rather just think your answers quietly in your head, that's okay too. Now, are you ready to make some mindful magic? We'll start with a levitation breathing exercise. Levitation means making a person float off the ground. As we breathe, we'll imagine you are floating. Each deep breath in, will lift you up into the air. We'll hold our breath for a few seconds as we imagine floating. Then, as we breathe out, we'll float slowly back down for a gentle landing. So start by sitting where you feel comfortable. Now, close your eyes, clear your mind. Try not to think of anything at all. Relax and feel your breath slowly going in and out. Now quietly whisper, I am magic. Can you feel the magic growing inside you? Now, as you take a long, deep breath in, imagine that breath lifting you up off your seat so you're floating in the air. Hold that breath as you levitate in midair. One, two, three. Now slowly breathe out and feel yourself drifting down, down, down. So you're sitting in your seat once again. You did it. That was fun. Let's try levitating again. Imagine that the longer and deeper of a breath you take, the higher you can float. So try taking your very deepest breath. Deep breath in, floating up. One, two, three. Now hold that breath as you float in the air. One, two, three, and a long breath out as you drift safely back down, one, two, three. One last time, take a long, deep breath in as you float higher and higher in the air. Hold the breath and imagine looking down at the world around you. Then release your breath as you slowly float back down to earth now on the count of three we'll all say i like me one two three i like me i like you too you are full of wonderful mysterious magic and you make the world a better place when you share your magic with others Now let's wind down by saying a few affirmations. Affirmations are words you can say about yourself to remind yourself how wonderful you are. I'll say each affirmation twice so you can listen the first time and say it together with me the second time. Here we go. I choose my attitude. I choose my attitude. I make good choices. I make good choices. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I share my magic with the world. I share my magic with the world. I can't wait to spend some time together again soon. Until then, I like you, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad we are friends. Have a happy and peaceful day. I am magic, you are magic, we are magic, don't forget, it. I am magic, you are magic.
7: I won't visit Dogland and run with the power books
0: hello i'm phoebe and this is Pink, and together we write about super amazing dogs on a planet called
8: dogland Dogland.
0: power dog did a barrel roll the rest of the way off the dance floor and into the sidelines where he could smell delicious fresh hot pizzas coming out of the oven on the other side of the video arcade at what was now his most favorite place on all of dogland Intergalactic Pizza Party Oh, have you, dear listeners, not heard of Intergalactic Pizza Party? Well, it's right at the vibrant center of downtown Lictopolis, the capital city of Dogland. They have a lot of space-themed fun. They very famously serve garbage-flavored pizza. Sure, sure, that's gross here on Earth. But let me tell you, it's considered delicious on Dogland. And they also serve their famous frosting pizza that comes in any dessert flavor dogs love. Did you know that even here on Earth, dogs can taste and like sweet things? Not all animals can. Cats cannot taste sweet things. And that's not just your cute, fluffy house cat, but also big cats like lions and tigers. Another word for all types of cats is felines. And felines' taste receptors simply cannot detect sweet. Now, both humans and dogs can taste sweet, sour, salty, spicy, and bitter. Although dogs do like the taste of sweet foods, they much prefer that meatier flavor and taste. That flavor is more and more often called umami, which is a really fun word to say. Can you say it with me? ooh ma Umami. Ooh, mommy. On Dogland, they love this umami flavor, and the young pups love it combined with sweet flavors. Power Dog loves a sweet and meaty flavor combo that might resemble a vanilla strawberry birthday cake with hot dogs mixed up inside it flavor. And Tuffy loves a kind of, you're gonna think this is gross, but it's not to him, a caramel mushroom and wet dirt flavor. I know. You're probably thinking, what? Ew. But think about how happy your dog would probably be with that. I think there's even a dead stuff at the beach and vanilla ice cream mix on this menu. At the back of Intergalactic Pizza Party, beyond the crazy space-themed pizza parlor, there's a bonkers awesome video arcade with all the coolest, latest, and most physical video games you could ever imagine. There's a lot of space-themed games, of course, flying and driving games, jumping games, throwing and catching games, I mean, we're talking about dogs here, and at the very back of the arcade, right before you get to the dazzling dance floor, there are dancing games. It was very popular and looked like a constant party, living up to the name Intergalactic Pizza Party. Oh, mommy's a fun word. Yeah.
4: Sit with me. Ooh, mommy. Yeah, there That's we go. That's good.
0: Thanks, Hank. Okay, ready for some jokes? We. Oui. We. Oui. Alright. What is a dog's favorite pizza flavor? What? Paparoni. Paparoni. Okay, you want another one? Mm-hmm. Why did the dog have a hard time learning to dance? Why? Because he had two left feet.
9: <laughs> the adventures of our dog and dog Land.
5: Hello, I'm Elise Parisian, the host of Unspookable. Unspookable is a family-friendly look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends. Each week, along with some help from our child contributors, discuss such topics as Bloody Mary, Charlie Charlie, and Ouija boards to find the stories behind the scares. And important to note that we typically recommend the show for children 8 and up. Now, on to the episode.
8: Sounds-ing-t-me.
9: Sounds-ing-t-me.
5: It's the middle of the night. Dead silent, except for the soft sounds that fill a building during the small hours. A faint echoing in the vents. A whisper of footsteps on the linoleum, resounding from earlier in the day when the restaurant was a cacophony of customers. The rustling of an animal in the alley out back. And your own heartbeat your own heavy breathing as you watch grainy security cameras, hand ready to throw the switch at any time. You wait. You are almost out of power. You can wait just a little longer. Right? A breath. A moment. And then, just when you let your guard down, bam, a figure appears in the doorway, and it is too late. A scream and you're done. You already know who it is, who has been stalking you throughout the night. Freddy Fazbear, the animatronic from the runaway hit game, Five Nights at Freddy's. Whether you are a devotee of the games or have never heard of them, we'll head into the depths of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza to figure out just what makes this creepy game tick and why so many of us are obsessed with it. I'm Elise Parisian, and this is Unspookable.
10: I've played Five Nights at Freddy's, but I haven't played in a few years
4: i have not personally played five nights at freddy's but i've definitely heard a lot about it and wanted to play it but i always got way too scared because it's a horror game when
10: you're playing five nights at freddy's you get a job working there and then you have to watch the animatronics at night to make sure that they don't try to pull anything silly and then um I mean, you can watch them on cameras to see what they do, but you have to make sure they don't get to you before you can stop them.
4: And it takes place in just a normal pizzeria with these crazy animatronics that are trying to get you, which ties to Chuck E. Cheese, which freaks me out and just makes me not want to play because I still don't enjoy places like that.
10: I think that Five Nights at Freddy's is scary if you're younger, but as I got older, I realized it was just... All jump scares and they're really predictable if you're like aware of what you're doing
11: yo 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 listeners it's your girl melly from stoop kid stories podcast and i am so excited to share a clip of one of my episodes with you all so this episode is called mckinley's mistake and It's about what happens when you make a big mistake and how you bounce back from it. So enjoy, and if you wanna hear more, you can find Stoop Kid Stories wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, let's go! Peach, guess what? She asked. Hmm, let me see. You finally told Zay that you have a crush on him? Peach asked. No, no, and I do not have a crush on him. I just think that he wears nice sneakers and his haircut is always crispy. So I just feel the need to tell him, and then I awkwardly smile at him when he walks away. But anyways, that's not what I was going to say. Remember the all class party idea I told you all about? Well, it's happening! Hey, yeah, 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 yeah! Hey! Oh my goodness, McKinley, that's so lit! Can we come and crash the party? Peach asked. No, it's for my class only, but. I'll show you all the pictures and videos afterwards, McKinley responded. Fine, (laughs) but nah, that's really cool, that's really cool. When's the party gonna be? Peach asked. I'm thinking maybe sometime at the end of the month. You know, since we just came back from winter break, it would be great to have something to kick off the second half of the school year. These winter months can be such a drag, McKinley said. Tell me about it, spring can't come soon enough peach cookie yelled from the distance all right mickey girl i gotta run but i'm super excited about your party i'll see you later peach said as she ran off thanks bye bye cookie mckinley yelled and she finished her walk home she went right upstairs to her room and sat down in front of her computer and started planning she picked out the theme which was going to be cartoon city and everyone had the choice to come dressed as their favorite cartoon character. She picked out the decorations and her list of snacks and beverages and came up with an amazing dance playlist to jam out to. This party was about to be everything. She made a copy of the flyer and emailed it to her teacher to print out the next morning so she can hang them up all over school. McKinley was very content with her planning, so she fell blissfully to sleep. The next couple of days, everyone in her class was super hype about this party, and that's all they could talk about. McKinley was so happy that everyone was excited, but she also felt a lot of pressure to make sure that everything was perfect. The days went by, and she worked super hard to make sure that everything was in order. She could not mess this up. One Saturday evening, McKinley was sleeping soundly in her bed for a much-needed nap. And her phone started to ring she looked over at it and saw that it was her friend hazel calling her and she decided to ignore it and just call her back later then her phone rang again and she saw it was her friend tati calling she ignored her too and turned the ringer off then kiki called then after that antonio called then after that amira called And then after that, she saw that her crush Zay was calling. So this time she answered the phone. Hello? Oh, hey Zay, what's going on? There's a line outside of the school right now? For what? Zay, the party isn't until next week. What? No, I didn't. I put the wrong date. Oh, hang on, hang on. Hey there, this is Chanel from Peace Out Podcast. What helps you when you're upset or stressed out? On Peace Out, we talk about superheroes, constellations, and sea bunnies while we do calming breathing exercises inspired by yoga and mindfulness meditation. Listen to Peace Out before bed when you need a break or any time in between. Check us out at peaceoutpodcast.com.
12: Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. out and peace within. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out and peace
2: within.
8: Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Rerick, your host, and today, we're bringing you a kids listen summer sampler. That's right, we're gonna get some mini episodes to kick your summer off right from some of the best kids podcasts out there. And in the spirit of sampling summer, we're going to sample several what if questions for you. First, we've got a write in from Avery who asks, What if JF Cat and Fred the dog met a friendly sea serpent named Shauna that taught them how to swim? Then we had a patron named CJ who asked, What if everything that rhymed was true? And finally, we have this wonderful little question from Catalea. My name
12: is Catalea. I'm eight years old. My What If World question is
4: What if dinosaurs had mermaid tails? Thank you. Bye.
8: So let's find out. What if dinosaurs had mermaid tails? What if everything that rhymed was true? And what if JF Cat and Fred the dog met a friendly sea serpent named Shauna that taught them how to swim? Whew! J.F. Cat and Fred the Dog were having a lovely summer day at the beach. Boy, I don't know how to swim. I wish someone would teach me, said Fred the Dog, clearly interrupting my narrative flow. And then you were going to say how I'm Fred the Dog, whose tongue is too long for his mouth, which is why my voice sounds this way. We've heard it all before. Oh, hi, Jojo. That's Jojo Fluffy Cat to you, a.k.a. J.F. Cat. Sure, yes, um, I I was going to tell the story then, if that's okay. Oh, yay! It's Shauna the Sea Serpent She can teach us how to swim And as Freddy spoke An 80 foot long sea serpent Reared its giant head from the ocean Her hair a beautiful mess of frothy seaweed Her eyes a piercing yellow Okay class Today we're not going to wait for Mr. Eric's narration Said Shauna Sea Serpent Instead, we're all going to jump right in the ocean and practice, practice, practice. But I'm a cat. It's well established I don't like swimming. Most people who don't like swimming simply haven't practiced enough. Exactly, because I don't like it. It's like she's not even listening. But reluctantly, Fred the dog and J.F. Cat jumped in the ocean. Hey, I wasn't finished complaining. Yeah, but we got to keep this story moving. Remember, using our own logic against us. Yeah, well, I'm impressed. Shauna Sea Serpent had a class full of reluctant animals and wizards and witches and warlocks, and even a few people, but there was one dinosaur on the beach who hadn't joined them in the water. Yeah, give it up for Q-Rex, I don't go in the water, cause now that I'm big, I've got a lot smarter. I don't need to swim to prove something to ya, I'm just gonna rhyme and then say a booya. yourself said Shaughnessy Serpent, who had people and creatures hanging from all 80 feet of her fins and wasn't really pushing to have a T-Rex join. And so it was that Q-Rex was left alone on the beach to build sandcastles and stomp around and spook a few seagulls as the trepidatious crew of What If World characters seemed to be having more fun with Shaughnessy Serpent and seemed to be getting more confident with their swimming as they practiced. It doesn't take a wizard to see that swimming is easy. Did you say it's easy? No, honey, is just bragging. Did you say dragon? No, Draco Max, she's just clarifying. Randall Radbot, are you afraid of flying? I'm not teaching flying this week. Did somebody say we're playing hide and seek? And as the detective Alabaster Zero said hide and seek, suddenly he and all the other swimmers disappeared, which is a shame. Because Mr. Eric didn't get to describe the jean jacket and cut off shorts that I'm wearing as a bathing suit. Uh, I think I had a chance to describe it and and chose not to, but can you get back to hiding? Oh, yes, hurry. So as Alabaster Zero hid in his dungaree bathing suit, Q-Rex really felt fully alone. The sun was going down and its light reflected off the waters in that blinding way it sometimes does right into the eyes of the mightily grumpy Tyrannosaurus. Sunbeams in my eyes, an unwelcome surprise, I walk you rectured a wiser and worn a sun visor. Suddenly, atop his enormous head, appeared a sun visor. Q-Rex realized that it was the first day of summer, which of course meant on What If World it was Sunshine Sea Slime Prime Rhyme Time, a once-a-year occurrence that happens on the first day of summer at the beach where everything that rhymes comes true, until the sun sets, of course. What was that, Mr. Eric? I was busy thinking of a rhyme that would get me to swim. It's like splashing around meets going to the gym. Oh, I was saying how, uh, Sunset is the end of Sunshine Xi Xi'an... Ugh, I almost had it. Sorry, I stopped listening. It's time for me to wish again. I wish I had a fishy fin so I could splish and splash with friends. And Q-Rex's tail became a mermaid's tail. With fins on his little T-Rex arms and one on his back and even a convenient set of gills. I'm gonna go find Fred and J.F. Cat, show them all I can swim and and that will be that. And Q-Rex, and his half-mermaid form. Well, is it possible to be a half-mermaid mini-episode, Mr. Eric? Right, let's keep moving. He dove into the ocean, looking for all of his friends who were playing hide-and-seek, but he didn't see a single one. I guess it's not very safe to go hiding in the ocean, they must be back on land, slapping on some suntan lotion. And Q-Rex came up out of the water, and sure enough, everyone was back on the land! But they weren't putting on suntan lotion, even though Q-Rex had rhymed it. You see, the sun was setting. And with it, Q-Rex's mermaid tail, fins, and gills disappeared. So my wish was kind of useless, and I'm sinking kind of fast. I gotta stop making excuses and just learn to swim it last. Q Rex's last line was lost beneath the waves. His comparatively tiny T Rex arms weren't doing him much good in the water. And there was Shauna Sea Serpent in an instant. You know, step one of learning how to swim is sticking with a buddy who already knows how. <coughs> <laughs> Do you think
7: that you could be my swim buddy?
8: I think I already am, Q-Rex. And as Q-Rex was brought back to shore, all of his friends came to check on him and help him dry off. As first lessons go, that was pretty much humbling. So now I'll practice with a friend and be less afraid of stumbling. And that's why you never play hide-and-seek in the water. No, the lesson's about learning how to swim. Oh, it's a short story. It doesn't need a lesson. The end. So the lesson is that not everything needs a lesson. Exactly, yeah. Catalia, CJ, and Avery, thank you for your questions, and I hope you all enjoyed your story. Folks, you can subscribe to What If World wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can get nearly 300 ad-free episodes, including bonus monthly content, by going to patreon.com slash World. I'd like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator, my producer Miss Lynn, Craig Martinson for our theme song, and all you kids at home for sticking around to listen to the rest of the Kids Listen Summer Sampler. Until we meet again, keep wondering.
9: Shivshanka Prickett, and this is my mama.
3: I'm also called Lindy Prickett. <laughs> we produce the
9: only world news podcast for kids, Newsy Paloozy.
3: Though a lot of
2: adults like it, too.
9: Because we don't just do politics. Nope, there's so much more happening in the world, like art, culture, and entertainment. And sports news. And lo, the science. And
3: by science, we mean up in space, down in the sea, animals roving the earth like the four-legged whale that used to roam Egypt or the
9: bumblebee who befriended a British girl and sat on her shoulder everywhere she went and the one about the soap made of snail snot
3: ew or the sheep versus lawnmower
9: debate or the cactus smuggler who stuffed dozens of cacti down her pants as well as
3: the latest in tech from electric vehicles to ai helping art you name it, we cover it. It's the coolest pool of news and information. Come on and take a dip in. newsy Pool, lizzy So, Leela. So, Mama. If I say Siberia, what comes to your mind? Cold. Yes, seriously cold. But it used to be even colder.
9: Uh-oh. Is this another global warming story?
3: Nope. It's about the disappearance of woolly mammoths.
9: Oh, those huge but kind of adorable ice age animals that look like uh, very woolly elephants but with uh, much more mammoth tusks. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know where the word comes from. Thank you very much. My pleasure. But yep, I'm talking about 15-foot-long tusks. That's the size of a canoe, but curled up and pointy at the end. Would (laughs) not like to encounter that in the
3: forest. Well, you wouldn't be in a forest. They like grassland, and those mighty tusks of theirs could easily uproot trees that got in the way. And believe it or not, that wintry grassland is actually colder than forests. What? I always think of forests, with all the snow clinging to the pine branches, as so cold. I just get cold thinking about it. I know, that's the image that we see all the time, but actually, forests are not only darker than grassland, so absorb more heat, but those snowy branches act like a big blanket, trapping in thick layers of snow. Until summer comes, of course, and then... It melts. Yes. That's why snowy, grassy plains are actually colder all year round. And it's also why some biotech engineers want to bring back the woolly mammoth.
9: Oh, to help restore the old, cold ecosystem.
3: That's what they say. And with the help of gene editing technology, they reckon they can. Because the woolly mammoth shares 99.6% of the same DNA as Asian elephants. I did not know that. Neither did I. So that only leaves wait. Less than a percent,
9: actually 0.4%, that makes an Asian elephant a woolly mammoth? Whoa. And I bet it's the woolly fur and mammoth tusks.
3: Right. The researchers from the Texas-based Colossal Biosciences Lab will focus on the genes that make woolly mammoths cold-resistant. So in a lab, they can do that? They think they can, but it's unlikely to be precise. That's why they're saying it will be a hybrid woolly mammoth. This is called de-extinction. Of course, it has its critics, from those who don't think we should be genetically creating anything at all, to those who think we should be concentrating on the animals on Earth about to go extinct rather than reviving those long gone. And there are even those worried that the resurrected woolly mammoth won't have a mother to bond with. That's not good. So, when's all this going to happen anyway? Well, the company says by next year they'll have completed half of the edits of the actual mammoth embryo. But they really reckon it'll be a decade before the creatures are rewilded in the Arctic. That means being able to roam on their own.
9: Well, I would say watch this space, but 10 years is quite a
3: long way away. So true.
5: It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale, so let us regale you.
13: Hi everyone! Welcome to Dork Storytime, where I, Jonathan Cormer, and I, Reginald T. Hedgehog, Take you into the land of Once Upon a Time to tell you wonderful, wacky tales with important life lessons. Ooh, ooh! Tell them about the one where Alice and I taught Wonderland's Queen of Hearts a thing or two. Hey, that's a great idea. Let's jump to where you and Alice challenge her to a game of croquet. Hmm. Croquet, you say?
12: We could play all day.
13: Let's get the game underway.
12: Reg volunteered to be the croquet ball, and the queen's cards bent at the middle with their hands and feet on the ground to create the wickets or the arched hoops you try to get the ball through during the game. We used flamingos as mallets.
13: (laughs) And they spoke. Uh, uh, Do not worry, my liege, for I will be the greatest mallet with the surest aim. Now, I've seen some things in Once Upon a Time, but this sounds sillier than most of them. That's Wonderland for ya. Yes, it was quite a sight to behold. We couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) And every time the queen would miss a shot or knock me into one of her cards, she'd take her frustration out on them and shout, Off to your beds!
12: Hmm, the cards would sulk off with a groan until there were only a few left on the field. (sighs) And the queen realized she had nobody to be the wickets anymore. (laughs) It was ridiculous.
13: I am sad, (laughs) Cardle. By this point, the queen of hearts was fuming. So much so that her face was as red as her suit. And on her final swing... You won't believe it. The flamingo that was her mallet sneezed.
12: Huh? 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 She missed hitting the reg ball by a mile.
13: Ha! <laughs> reg ball.
12: We thought it was quite hilarious too, so we cracked up. And... The Flamingo flew off in a tizzy,
13: no, no 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 no, no 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 no, I wasn't I no 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 no, I gotta go, no 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 no, needless to say, the Queen was there on the croquet field, ready to blow a gasket, about to scream. Off to your beds at everyone that remained.
12: But Reg stopped rolling around on the ground for a moment and stood up.
13: Your Majesty, are you planning to finish the croquet game by yourself?
12: Yes, for as you can see, there are no more wicket cards or flamenco mallets. And our ball is a hedgehog once again.
13: Oh, dear me.
12: The queen took a step back and realized that she no longer had a large crowd to cheer her on, or a winning peg to knock the ball into. So then, I said, Your majesty, you look tired. Perhaps you should have sent yourself to bed and returned when you could play with the team.
13: Well, I never, never really considered that.
12: She saw that her poor sportsmanship and constant demands for perfection were really impacting everyone in her court. We just wanted her to take a moment to think about what it means to be a good team player.
13: So I looked over to Alice. And I looked over at Reg. And we both looked over at the Queen.
12: Your Majesty, might I make a suggestion?
13: No. Uh... Yes, uh, I suppose so.
12: Perhaps, just perhaps, it's time you go off to your
7: bed! Ah,
13: <sighs> Good times, good times. <laughs> the Queen learned to be a bit kinder of that day, and the value of a good nap. So, dear listeners, consider this sampler your invitation to join us over at Dorktale Storytime. See you there!
5: So...
10: Mendoza I moved to Washington DC with my older sister Gabby because Papa works in the US Capitol. He's a congressman. me I solve mysteries. sweatshirt, sweatshirt not on the bench, not under the bench. not under the fake Magna Carta Not under the National Mall well, Maybe it's under the National Mall, but it's not under the table model of the National Mall. Stop staring at me, Caesar Rodney. Just because you signed the Declaration of Independence doesn't mean you know everything. You're just a stupid statue.
7: You wouldn't even be in the Capitol Crypt after visiting hours, Fina Mendoza if you hadn't lost your school sweatshirt again.
10: Who asked you, Caesar Rodney? It has to be here somewhere. What did Mama say every time I lost something? Retrace your steps. Where were you the last time you remember having it? Okay, so I know I was wearing it after school. There were all those crunchy leaves in the park, and I put one in my pocket. Maybe it's up in Papa's rules committee room. No, I don't think so. Think, Fina. It's so quiet in here. <laughs>
7: What's the matter, Fina Mendoza? Crypt's a little too spooky for you? What are you, a scaredy cat?
10: I'm not scared, it's just...
7: Just what? Whatever were you doing in the crypt anyway? The tour groups are long gone. I
10: came... I came to see the table with the National Mall model, the one with the two Washington monuments in the middle?
7: I see...
10: You see nothing. You have marble eyes.
7: I see the real story. You came here because you have no place else to go.
10: Not true.
7: Of course it's true. Your sister Gabby has band practice, and your papa says you have to come straight to the capital after school until he's finished working. It's not like you can go over to some friend's house after school. You have no friends, do you?
10: I have friends? Back in Los Angeles.
7: But not here in Washington, D.C. Poor Fina.
10: Stop talking to me. Statues don't talk.
7: Oh, don't they? Are you sure about that?
10: I need to find my sweatshirt. Shh! I hear something.
7: Something like a ghost?
10: Hello? Is somebody there? Why do they turn the lights so low?
7: energy conservation. Speaking of ghosts, you know they were supposed to bury George Washington here in the crypt but Martha wanted the president home with her at Mount Vernon. Suppose George wanted to be buried in the crypt. Maybe it's his ghost coming back to haunt you. Maybe he waited until all the tourists were gone and the only person left in the crypt was the little girl who forgot where she left her hoodie. Shh!
10: What's that shadow? On the wall? It's like a giant question mark. I came for my sweatshirt. Okay, so it's a stupid school sweatshirt. It doesn't really matter. I mean, if it's lost forever, who cares? Oh sure, Gabby will probably yell at me about being irresponsible, and Papa will make me use my birthday money to buy a new one. Look, I'm sorry, I'll just leave now. Don't!
1: Could it be the demon cat of Capitol Hill? If you see it, you know you are cursed with bad luck for the rest of your life. Find out on the Fina Mendoza Mysteries wherever you listen to podcasts.